everyone. Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. It's Lindsay Simsek, and I am introducing this episode today. My co-host, Krista Williams, is my best friend. We are business partners, and we started this at a time in our lives where we felt really lost, really alone, uh, really doubtful about what the heck was going on in our lives. And it was our friendship and our connection that really inspired us to start this podcast, to start having conversations about change and transition and just elements of life that we had doubts and fears and questions about. And in having these conversations, so much has been brought to light. So much peace has been brought in through any change and transition. So I'm just really grateful you found us. Uh, we've been doing this for about seven years. So we're just honored you're here if you're an OG what's up? We love you. We thank you deeply. And this episode today, I'm going to get right introducing the episode. So this is a session from Camp Almost 30 from last summer. Our friend Shalina Ayana, you might know her as Rising Woman on Instagram, joined us for a beautiful super powerful session on becoming the one. So she did a workshop, a mini version of her new book, Becoming the One, Heal Your Past, Transform Your Relationship Patterns, and Come Home to Yourself. And I just really, really love the way in which Shalina has been able to take her own experience, whether it's in relationship with self or others, her own traumas, and really transform it into potent and powerful lessons and writings uh, for us all to really uh, learn from and heal through. And it's yeah, been a huge part of my healing for sure. As you know, I was single for a long time. And so her work has always been a support system for me. And even now in relationship, I find myself going to becoming the one and also her Instagram for just really supportive writing about relationship. So this session was just really powerful for so many reasons. But one I want to note is that we did a Q&A and Shalina was uh, generous enough to allow us to do a handful of questions from the audience. And I just find her groundedness and her ability to channel what's true and be a hollow bone was so powerful. So I'm excited for you to listen to this one. We talk about building a secure, loving relationship with self and with another person, setting boundaries, talking about desires, talking about connecting with your inner child and why that's important. If you are inspired by this session, please join us for Space Camp coming up. We have a new theme, but same camp vibes. Space Camp is happening at the end of January, January 28th from 10 a.m. PST to 2 p.m. PST. And we have special guests, including Sandra Walter, who is an incredible former guest of the Almost 30 podcast who talked about connecting with our guides, connecting with Sasquatch, connecting uh, with angels. And we also talked a lot about ascension and working with other dimensions. We are also welcoming Lee Harris, who was recently on the podcast. He is a channel and psychic, and he is going to channel the Z's for us live at Camp Almost 30. We are also welcoming our dear, dear friend, Brie Melanson, 
who is a psychic and channel. Her work has been so supportive for me and Krista over the years. I dig into her beyond form portal all the time for meditations and breath work and writing prompts. I just love it so much. So she will be helping us to tune up our psychic abilities. And then Jordan Younger is joining us. Jordan Younger, you might know her as the Balanced Blonde. She has been more and more and more just sharing her connection to her star system, her psychic abilities, her ability to channel. She has just been more open about this part of her that really is such a big part of who she is. So I'm just excited for her to talk about star seeds and uh, discover what star system you are from. So if you want to join us, it's absolutely free. Head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. So that's almost30.com slash space dash camp. You can reserve your spot now. Space is limited. We will see you there. Invite friends. It's totally totally free. So enjoy this session with Shalina Ayana. You can buy her book, Becoming the One. Now you can also learn more about her work at shalinaayana.com and be sure to follow her at Rising Woman and at Shalina Ayana on Instagram. Thank you all so much for listening. It means the world to Krista and I, and we will see you on the other side. Oh, y'all, I am wearing my shorts and my skirts and my dresses and my legs are out and I'm just so excited about it because I have my Osea Andaria Algae Body Oil and it is keeping me glowing. <laughs> it's making my legs and my arms look just so fresh, so alive, to be honest, and so young. Um, I love this product. It is from Osea Malibu. They just know what they're doing over there. They've been doing it for over 28 years. Skincare is their jam. It's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and is clinically proven, okay? It's infused with seaweed, which is the star of the show here, and I just love the products. They really work. So the body oil is so rich, but it's never greasy, Okay, and it's clinically proven to improve skin elasticity immediately. It's visibly firming your skin and makes the skin feel more sculpted and toned, which we love. It's so amazing. Overnight, you can do this during the day or overnight. I do it overnight, but I love the Andaria Algae Body Butter because I would just wake up so insanely moisturized. It's indulgent and it's really great for crepey skin. I'll put it on my knees and my elbows and anywhere that's like kind of dry. It's clinically proven to hydrate for 72 hours. It just transforms the skin. You're going to be obsessed. And then finally, the anti aging body balm. Yo, I mean, hello silky lotion serum. It just melts into my skin. I feel like it lifts and tightens and tones all over. I'm obsessed. Perfect for summer, baby. So glow from the inside out with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code A30POD at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order. They're so good about that. And free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code a 30pod, A30pod for 10% off.
Okay, this app has been with me through seasons of wanting to prevent pregnancy and also get pregnant. The app is Natural Cycles. It is a leading women's health company that they created the world's first FDA-cleared birth control app. So the app's algorithm uses hormone-driven changes in body temperature to let users know when they're fertile and not fertile. It is so easy, y'all. Every single morning I wake up, I have the uh, thermometer on my bedside table, and then I take my temperature, I input the temperature into the app, and boom, there you go. Um, It is 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use. It's pretty incredible. Um, I know a lot of people are just thinking about their birth control. Uh, A lot of people are going off hormonal birth control. This is an incredible incredible, incredible option for you. I've been using it for a couple years now. Um, and again, it is so easy. So the algorithm uses the body temperature to determine where a user is at in their cycle. The more they measure, the more data it will have. Um, and if you have an aura ring, by the way, it syncs with your aura ring and it'll take your temperature automatically. Pretty cool. You can trust Natural Cycles for the past 10 years. They have been setting the precedent for non-hormonal and non-invasive birth control without sacrificing effectiveness. They were the first to introduce a birth control app, the first to receive FDA clearance as a birth control app, and the first birth control app to integrate with that wearable device, the Aura Ring. They're the best. I'm excited for you all. Listen, as our listener, you are going to get a discount plus a free thermometer baby. Use code almost 30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code almost 30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. It's an honor to be here with you today. I am going to do a little talk on becoming the one, which is the premise of my work. And I want to save a lot of time to engage with you since we just have a short time together. And I thought it would be really nice to connect and to actually answer your questions. I'm sure many of you have already begun following my work. Maybe you're reading my book, but I wanted to touch on some of the core myths and some of the main philosophies surrounding what it means to actually become the one. Now, in our culture, we really have this tendency to pedestal and glamorize being in a romantic partnership. And we have a lot of these really deeply built in beliefs around being someone's other half or finding our twin flame or having, you know, this person who's going to come in and complete us. While I do believe that there is such thing as a person who can be the perfect match for you, the idea that there is one person on this planet for us holds this very limiting belief and this message that somehow there's scarcity when it comes to love and connection. And holding on to that belief not only causes us to dim our own light and to really contort ourselves to be in relationship, even if it's not right for us, but it also prevents us from seeing the beauty and connection that is all around us through friendship and also through family and through community and also knowing that there are times where the most healing thing that we can do in relationship is actually walk away. So sometimes the work in relationship is in staying and sometimes the work in relationship is going. And when we are the one for ourselves, when we are aware that we are whole and complete in ourselves, 
We have that self-sovereignty, that self-knowledge, knowing who we are and what we want and what we are worth, then it makes it a lot easier for us to communicate our needs and to communicate our wants and to really qualify the people that we enter into a romantic partnership with. It's interesting how much time we spend on school and researching certain products or, you know, learning about certain subjects. But then when it comes to relationship, it almost seems as though we sort of just go on a whim, right? We feel chemistry, we feel passion, we feel lust. And we do what I call is falling into relationship rather than consciously choosing it. And I've done this myself for most of my life. And I think most of us can relate to this idea. So we follow that really quick hit of passion, right? And we follow that really quick hit of lustful, sensual attraction. And then what we find out is that we don't actually know this person all that well. And we've already gone so deep that it makes it really hard to go back, to rewind and actually do that qualifying process, get to know somebody again. So in my work, what we do is we actually start with re-getting to know ourselves, right? We start to get to know who am I underneath the masks and underneath the shields. And a big piece of this is called de-armoring. So we come into this world very innocent. We come into this world very open and willing to be vulnerable. And quickly that is taken away from us, from our cultural conditioning and the society that we live in and the environment that we're in, perhaps our family systems, where we learn it really isn't safe to show our hearts or it isn't safe to be vulnerable or it isn't safe to be truly honest about when we're hurt. And I can relate to this because I grew up in and out of foster homes and running with street kids and people who were in and out of jail and drinking and doing drugs. And it was definitely not safe for me to be honest when my feelings were hurt or when I was physically hurt because it was really just about armoring and saving face. That's one example, but we do this in relationships so often. If you think about how difficult is it for you when your feelings are hurt by somebody that you really care about to say that instead of putting up a wall or getting defensive or saying something snappy, you know, or turning away or falling into some habitual pattern. It's very, very difficult. So in essence, what we're learning how to do is we're learning how to come home to ourselves and regain our innocence, to see ourselves as whole and innocent, and to be able to see others in that same way, and while also holding our own boundaries. Being able to be in relationship with another person while also staying in yourself. Right? I say this a lot when I'm working with people. I want to feel you in yourself. Are you in yourself right now? Right? We can feel the difference between being in relationship where we are meshing with each other, where we're leaking our energy out at each other, where there's a lot of unspoken expectation and grasping versus two people who are whole and who are in themselves. We're walking this path together, right? So by building this relationship to ourselves, by going back to that core relationship, we're actually making it possible to have a conscious relationship with another being. And so in my book, if you've read it, you'll notice there's a graphic where we have a little circle and it's the relationship, conscious relationship, it's the relationship to self, spirit, nature, other. 
it's really this circular cyclical relationship. It's not just you and another person. It's not just you and yourself. It's you and everything and everyone and every being around you. How we are in relationship to the plants and the animals that we interact with, to the food that we eat, to the air that we breathe, to the family that we interact with, to the people that we share intimate lives with, to our friends. All of that is a co-creation of how in ourselves we really are. How rooted are we to our own truth? So when we are in ourselves, when we are choosing relationships from a place of self-love, not from our wounding, not from our defenses, not from our fears, we're actually freeing up so much energy in our bodies to be creative, to be innovative, to be giving, to be generous, to share. And that is what makes this world a safer place. So one of my beliefs is that one of the most powerful things that we could do to contribute to a healed world is to heal our relationships to ourselves and our own hearts so that we have the energy to show up in our communities, just so that we have the energy to give. And de-armoring is really going back to the root of when we were hurt, where we were conditioned, where we learned that love might not be safe, where we learned not to trust, where we learned that we needed to caretake or overgive in order to receive love, where we learned that we needed to chase or that we needed to grasp, where we got turned on by the idea of changing somebody or converting them, getting them to see us differently than they see us. And all of those behaviors and those patterns come from our wounding and our conditioning. So when I talk about healing our relationship patterns, which we hear so often, I'm not talking about completely getting rid of them. And here's why. We don't ever really completely get rid of our relationship patterns. I love the energy of transform. When we transform something, we take it from one stage or one expression and we transform it into a higher expression. And so as we are growing and evolving and shifting how we show up and how we communicate, how we respond to certain triggers or activations or things that show up in our lives, people who may show up in our lives, as we shift our response, we transform how the pattern looks. And so rather than looking at our lives as something that we need to deconstruct or break or tear down or destroy or get rid of, we're looking at the energy of transformation and evolution. And we know that we do that in relationship. It's a co-creative process and it's minute by minute. And we never ever get to this place where we are perfectly healed and we are perfectly ready. So we don't need to wait We don't need to wait until we've got it all figured out. We don't need to wait until we have fully healed before we are worthy of being in partnership. We simply need to have the awareness and the willingness to be humble when we show up in a way that reflects a part of our wounding, to be accountable for our own minds and emotions, and to know where the line is. How do we know, you know, what is a safe and healthy relationship versus what is not? And we learn this over time as we get to know ourselves and be in our bodies 
and trust ourselves once again. So much of our history has told us in every area of life that we can't trust our bodies. And so we're really learning how to come back to our body sense, to trust those little pangs of intuition that tell us, maybe I should speak up here, or this isn't right, or I should ask a question about this. Maybe we should wait. You know, maybe I don't feel comfortable going deeper yet. Maybe I want to wait and see a little bit. You know, what would it be like if we just slowed down without putting up walls or putting up guards or trying to prevent nature from unfolding? Just really noticing when something feels urgent or when we feel like we're in a rush and just slowing down just a little bit. So that is sort of the essence of this work. And of course, we could go way deeper, but I feel that this subject is so relatable and so deep for so many of us in all variety of ways that it would be really nice to engage with you and to maybe answer some questions or to chat with you in person. Um, So I want to just open up now so that we have a little bit of space and get you to bring on a few folks who want to ask some things. So let's spend the rest of the time doing that. Yes, I love it. So powerful. I love the focus on the process, not the destination. I so relate. Okay, small daily actions. They just make a big difference. And I just cannot emphasize this enough. It creates this cascade effect and honestly a snowball effect. (laughs) So one begets the next really great positive small action, but it almost has like a bigger impact as the day, as the week goes on. Um, And I'm just someone who very much believes in this, whether you're like smiling at a stranger or maybe you wake up a little bit earlier to practice your meditation or maybe read part of the book that you're loving, uh, or maybe you integrate a healthy habit, like taking a probiotic, which is something that I've been doing for a few years now. I've been taking seeds DSO one daily symbiotic and I love it. And I've just noticed that this is the catalyst at the beginning of the day for a ton of healthy choices that I make. Um, and I've noticed a difference when I don't take it. Um, I forgot on vacation a few months ago and I noticed a difference. I was bloated. I wasn't as regular. I started to get a little breakout on my chin. Things were just going haywire. Um, so I'm just so thankful for seed. If you are someone who wants to support your gut or your skin digestion, your gut barrier integrity, Oh, I recommend seed their DSO-1 daily symbiotic is incredible. What is different about Seed? So Seed's patented capsule and capsule design is so unique. It basically means that the fragile bacteria within the capsule can survive the journey. So from like shipping to your door to when you put it in your body all the way through your GI tract, um, all without synthetic or chemical coatings. Um, And this was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. They are the best in the space. Um, So I just, I trust them and I've experienced incredible results. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost and use the code 25almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash almost. The code is 25almost. 
Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just, I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. I have a question as far as, um, I've been dealing with a lot of grievances lately mm -hmm. and it's been really difficult. Like your core sense of self is really stretched and shift being in that it, it's, it's almost really hard to love yourself when you're grieving because you're constantly in the worst state you've ever been. And it's really difficult. I was curious if you had any suggestions for someone that is grieving and how to be in that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. First, I, I want to honor you for even being here while you're in a state of grief. And I really want to acknowledge what courage it takes to allow ourselves the time and space to be in grief in a culture that really doesn't honor that. One, one of the things that I heard you say that I just want to address is that it's you're in your worst state. And I understand, I understand what you mean by that. And I also know that when you're grieving, you're not in your worst state. You're in one of the most intense states that you could be in. You're in one of the most potent states you could be in, but you're not in your worst state. In a lot of cultures, someone who is grieving is highly revered. You're in a very sensitive and open time energetically, and 
this is a really powerful passageway for you. And I would invite you to flip that script a little bit that you are somehow unlovable or unworthy and really see the power in making time and space to go into this portal. Because when we go through this grief portal, we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It takes so much courage to not numb, to not run away, to not hide from it, to not just find a distraction. Like that in itself is a powerful initiation, having the courage to step into the dark and just keep going. And so I often would say to myself when I was in a very deep chapter of grief in my own past is that pain is a passage, not a prison. It can be a long tunnel and it can feel as though we'll never get out. And we might feel that if we let ourselves feel all the way down to the depths, that we won't come back, that we'll be stuck there or that we'll drown, right? Because we're dealing with this very watery, heavy, muddy, almost stuck energy at times. However, you will come back And the truth is, is that you won't come back the same. And so you're in a death of your own when you're in your grief. You're meeting new parts of yourself. You're feeling things that may have been waiting to be tended to until they were unlocked by whatever this experience is that you're navigating. And so taking the time to be with those parts of yourself, to really let them come to you. And to know that if there are parts of you that you wish you had access to and you just don't right now, that that's okay. No, you might have been highly extroverted and now you can hardly be around people or it could be the opposite. And just let yourself express and be the way that you need to be during this time. I would also suggest creating a bit of an altar in my book. I think it's in chapter three, I talk about building elemental altars and really working with the energy of fire, air, earth, water, and recognizing what those elements represent in ourselves emotionally. And when we're grieving, we can be very, very heavy on the water and it can be powerful to call in a bit of fire just to help keep us strong and to help us move through that really thick, dense energy that we're navigating. And so I would suggest for you that perhaps you gather a few items from nature, that you have a candle on your altar that perhaps you light to represent the guiding light of spirit that's going to carry you through and also to represent the fire that is in you that will still carry you through this even when you feel that you can't keep going. And it's so important that we have people who can be with us in this chapter and not everybody will be able to. A lot of people might tell you to just get over it or they won't understand how you can feel so deeply. And so even if you can find a couple people who resonate with you and who are able to just be with you without trying to fix or change you, it's very powerful to have those allies. So that would be my suggestion for you. And I just, I want to thank you again for, for being here today and for being vulnerable for everybody's benefit. So sending you lots of love. Thank you so much. Hi. Hi there. Thank you so much. This is very relevant to my life right now. I'm struggling with two relationships in my life. And in both of these relationships, I've recently realized that 
I don't feel like there's a lot of room for me to share. You know, I want to express that I'm not feeling seen and heard in these relationships, but I'm feeling stuck in how to approach this Mm -hmm. and, you know, what to say. I I also struggle with like being a people pleaser and, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings and things like that. So just wondering what kind of advice you would have for a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm sure lots of people here can can resonate with that. We're all archetypes really. And it seems, it's ironic really, that we always find the perfect person to match our pattern. So if we're an overgiver, we're certainly going to find the perfect underfunctioner to take all of our energy freely. And that's just how this thing works right? And so by you sharing this, I hear you taking responsibility for the pattern. And I just want to invite you deeper into that space of really owning that tendency to people please and be with it in a in a playful way rather than like a self-judging way. So the first thing we do when we're taking accountability and responsibility for that pattern that we're perpetuating is we want to come at it from almost like a, a place of, of joy and acceptance and appreciation for how that was serving us rather than feeling like we want to reject it or get rid of it right away because it makes it really hard to own. And we have to be in full ownership of it in order to shift it. I will ask more questions and I, you don't have to answer them now, but I'm just going to ask you to, to sort of ponder on some of these things. When did this begin? Like when is the first time you remember feeling like you had to contort or bend yourself in order to get love and approval? You know, when did you start doing this dance, people pleasing dance? When did you feel like your voice didn't matter? You know, how old is this tendency and this this belief? We're all, some of us are quiet. Some of us are talkers. Some of this is just our built-in personality. And at the same time, there are, ways that we can get out of balance when we don't allow ourselves the space. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to be heard. But one of the interesting things about it is that we can almost hide from intimacy by playing out this pattern. So I I also would ask you to just take a look and maybe do some journaling on this and do the sentence stem, I'm afraid of intimacy because... Or it's easier for me to hide because now I don't know if this is something deeper for you, but chances are you might be able to uncover the ways that this pattern sort of keeps you safe. And so your practice, just like you're asking for, which you're aware that this is your practice, is to step into claiming space and asking for what you want. So My suggestion would be to actually share vulnerably, not from a place of criticism or judgment, like, hey, you guys never listen to me or, you know, I don't feel heard by you because you just talk all the time. Because that's sort of an an energetic contract you guys have made. You've been in that for a while. It could be more powerful to say, hey, you know, I notice when we're together, I don't really share anything. And I feel like I'm kind of hiding out in this relationship and I don't want to do that anymore. And I would like your help in coming out of my shell. I want to learn to take up space. Are you down to help me with that in this relationship? And enroll them in supporting you in stepping into your voice and into your power. And of course, this is just the first step. And the truth is, is that when we change the rules to the dance, feathers get ruffled. 
So they, they might not like that very much. They might be a little taken aback, right? Or they might be really excited and they might be like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to help you with that, right? But just know that whatever response you get, it's not about you. So it's their own reorientation to the pattern. And then your practice is to start setting boundaries with your time. And so asking permission before dumping, if someone starts unloading on you, you can interject and say, hey, you know what, actually, I I, want to listen and hold space for you, but I actually just don't have the capacity to do that right now, right? And the truth is, is that when we start setting these boundaries, if people are resistant to it at first, sometimes we just have to keep practicing We can't expect a pattern to change overnight. So if they don't respond the way that we want, we don't say, oh, well, that just didn't work. Setting boundaries doesn't work. So I just, I'm going to quit. We just keep trying. We just keep bringing that sense of self and that boundary to the relationship. And over time, something either gives or you shift and the relationship shifts in either direction. But inevitably, you are that common denominator that changes the whole dynamic. Does that help? That's incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for the great question. Hi, everyone. So I recently listened to your podcast with Almost 30, which was great. So much information. Such a cool story that you have. It's very intense. And you brought up something that really resonated with me because It was funny. I found myself in the middle of the power struggle phase Mm. of my relationship. And you brought up something that said, you know, like sometimes, and you brought up even in the last question about how opposites kind of tend to find each other. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a really beautiful thing. And so I have a partner who I would consider really willing, like very takes my feedback, really helpful, but we're so opposites in the fact that I'm very spiritual and like woo-woo. Yeah. So <laughs> he is just so science-based and so mathematical and methodological. I don't want to abandon myself being a very spiritual person, but I also don't want to force my thoughts and beliefs upon him. I'm just trying to find that, that balance. And I don't think it's a bad thing, but I also wonder, I'm like, can we be so different? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Well, yes, yes, you can. (laughs) You can. Yes. And, you know, this this is such a, this is such a common configuration. I can't even begin to, I actually sometimes call my husband an engineer as well, even though he does have actually quite a spiritual flair. He's got that like engineer mind as well. Right. So it's like, Mm. I'm the feelings, he's the data kind of thing. And it's been a real practice for him to understand the difference. And I would say that your job, obviously, in this relationship is to stay true to yourself and not self-abandon and to recognize that, you know, if he's very willing and you really, you both have chemistry, you love each other, you feel turned on and alive in this relationship. If that's the case, then these differences can actually be a compliment as long as neither of you are judging the other or trying to change each other's mind. Right. Now, I do want to just kind of throw something your way because uh, this might just be helpful for both of you, which is to check out John and Julie Gottman's work. Oh, um, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, because you know that they are, they're very data-driven, right? Like everything they've yeah. done like in a relationship lab and it's got, it's got that data and that science for him, but it's also deep and dropped in for you. So I don't know if you guys have checked out that work together yet, but that could 
be helpful. Well, and, you know, my suggestion would be to go into it as a, as a baby yourself. Yeah. So, cause one of the things that can get in the way is when we're like, oh, well, I've already been through all of that and I've done all of that. So I'm already there and I need you to catch up to me. It changes the dynamic. So, you know, could you go in with this humility of like, hey, you know, let's just check this out together. The truth is, is that how you'll interpret that information now with where you're at versus however long ago it was that you went down that rabbit hole, you might get an entirely new interpretation of this work. So find ways to meet in the middle and and do it together if you can. And I would suggest, especially for, you know, the sake of the partnership to not behave as though you're one step ahead of him, if you know what I mean, just sort of like be collaborative and learning together and be curious together. And I'm not saying like, pretend that you don't know things. I'm just saying, you know, put all of that to the side because you've not done this as a team yet. And so what you know on your own versus what you've learned together is there are two different containers and you're going into a whole new sandbox with him. So you can try that. And then you keep to your spiritual practices, keep to your depth, you know, embody that, bring that to the relationship. Because, you know, I have a friend who's staying here on our land and he, he's got a neuroscience background, you know, he's done all sorts of really techie work. Like he's very much, I might make fun of him, but I'm like, you're a little head case, you know, but he's such a heart too, but he really does live mostly in his head. And he has a partner who is very spiritual and brings this whole other side where we're just sitting around a fire and she'll start singing or, you know, she'll just start emoting and feeling her feelings and being her, she'll take off all her clothes and run into the ocean. And he loves it because she invites him into this new flavor that he's not had before. So this is how we gift our partners when we stay true to our, our own essence. Yeah, that's really helpful feedback, actually. Yeah, there's a little bit of that self-rejection going. So it's like you're perpetuating him not being able to open deeper into this flavor the more you hold back. So you just have to keep going deeper into yourself and showing up in that energy. And it does take time, right? These types of things take years to unfold, but you'll be amazed at the shifts and the opening that occurs when you just start embodying who you really are in your partnership. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. Welcome. So beautiful. We'll do one more question. We'll keep these really concise. This has been so powerful. Thank you, everyone. Your point about kind of qualifying a relationship. I'm myself in in the early stages of a relationship and choosing rather than falling into was actually something that came up for me a couple weeks ago. So I was hoping you might be able to elaborate on how we can slow down and be more intentional when choosing a partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I, I have this sex, whole section of my book called Stop Chasing, Start Choosing because so often I think when we are in that early stage of relationship, we're really, we're concerned about how they feel about us. Do they like us? Like we're looking for cues of, of you know, approval. We want attention. We're following our, our lustful feelings and that turn on because that's really strong in those early stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we might also forget that we're also in the seat of the chooser where we are really taking time to get to know this person on a deeper level than just how our bodies feel together. It's like, mm-hmm. do we actually share some core values that could 
create a really good partnership here. And so one of the practices that I have in my program and in my book is assessing your core values. What are those things that you absolutely have to have in your life in order to feel an integrity and an alignment? And what are those qualities that you really adore in others versus some of those qualities that you appreciate, but you just, you're okay to grow into, or you're okay if just you hold those values and they don't, right? Like for example, like not everybody has to have the same flavor of spirituality as us. Whereas some people are like, no, I, this is, I'm very religious and I need this person to share this religion with me, right? So we're, we're kind of assessing like, what are those things that are actually important to me so that we know we can ask those questions and we can have those deep conversations, you know, like perhaps somebody really wants to have a family. Well, that's something that you want to talk about when you're getting to know a person. It's not like they have to have children with you right now, but it's really getting to know what are your visions for life? What do you believe a relationship is for? Like, why do you think we're in relationship? That's always a great question. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do you think conflict is good or bad? You know, having these kinds of conversations can really bring you a lot deeper and I always say, you know, you got to, you kind of got to go over a few humps before mm-hmm. you can really settle in. And so my husband and I, we went traveling a lot together and we tell couples all the time, you know, go on some trips, like go, go do stuff, see the world or, you know, go somewhere out of your, com- both of your comfort zones and put yourself in scenarios where you have to be a team and just see how that feels and, and you know, have conversations about what comes up. Yeah, Definitely. Thank you for that. I find myself wanting all of that. You know, I've been going to therapy for years and I'm like, what is your relationship with your parents like? You know, how do you resolve conflict? And I I want all of those answers right away. And I realize that a lot of that comes with time. So Mm -hmm. trying to balance those things as well. But thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the only piece that I'll finish with is just noticing the sense of urgency. Whenever there's a sense of urgency to close the deal in relation... (sighs) At that commitment, like we got to secure this now, that's never coming from truth. That's coming from a wound. And so mm. really tending your inner child, that part of you that's like, no, please don't leave me. I don't want to be alone. Like, I just want to be loved. Really deeply honor that part. Really parent that part. And I have a, in a free inner child meditation on my website that you could download. It's a one that I actually designed and took myself through for years when I was working with my own wounded inner child and my own anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that could be a nice resource for you too, is when you're feeling that energy and that sensation to come back to yourself and do some um, inner child tending. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you. This was incredibly powerful. I already see people ordering your book. Y'all, it's a must. Becoming the One, you can go to shalinaayana.com and learn more about Shay's work. It's truly serving us in the most heart-centered way. So thank you for all that you do and for being here. I know this is not something you do regularly. And so we're just, we're feeling incredibly, incredibly grateful. Thank you. Yeah, my, my privilege to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. It looks like you have some amazing speakers coming next. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shalina, for joining us last summer at Camp Almost 30. Thank you all for listening. If you want to join us for this month's camp, it is Space Camp. 
with a very uh, out of this world theme uh, with special guests like Lee Harris and Brie Melanson, Sandra Walter and Jordan Younger. And Krista and I are also going to be doing a special sound and energy healing experience. So we're excited to have this really, really fun and kind of out there time with you all. This is our favorite event of the year. We do it twice a year to open membership. And this is celebrating the opening of membership and it will be open indefinitely. We want you to be able to join membership whenever you'd like for a six month period. This is a place where Krista and I have felt like we can just Yeah, get really intimate with you all, Uh, even more intimate than on the podcast. We have workshops, we have live hangs, we have movement sessions, we have sound baths, we have a library of workshops that is extensive. We have a library of meditations, we have a library of extra episodes. So we're excited to welcome you 2023. Let the membership be one of your anchors for the new year and the growth that you'll be doing. Thank you for joining us. You all are the best and we will see you on the next one.